Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Dr. D's Dating Diaries. You are going to hear a lot of anecdotal dating stories that are really hilarious. And I can't make this stuff up, honestly. What I want to do with these stories is I want it to be a teaching point and a learning point on what we as women do and what men do and how we can actually work together and actually start dating harmoniously and not have these horrific dating stories come up again. Take the time to listen to this. Have a laugh because I swear to you, I cannot make these stories up. But I also want you to take home a learning point and realize that both men and women have to heal themselves first before they can actually be good partners to one another. Welcome everyone to episode one of Dr. D's Dating Diaries. Wow. Where did this all go wrong? Dating kind of sucks nowadays, and I have no idea how men and women have just become so mismatched and so far removed from the dating scene that neither gender realizes that we're doing something wrong. So I was married in 2007 divorced by 2009, realized after a while that I had married a narcissist, took some time to heal myself, but didn't fully comprehend exactly what the abuse was that the narcissists had endowed upon me. And so when I thought I was ready to get back into the dating scene, I went online because apparently that's what people do nowadays. Back in my days, you met somebody either through friends or family or at a club or at a restaurant. You started going out a couple times. Then you were actually a couple, easy peasy. You either got along and continued that relationship or you didn't and you broke up and moved along. Nowadays, it's this online dating and people are dating more than one person at a time. And I'm totally old school. I don't believe in doing that. And a lot of women, unfortunately, have been like that. So we put all our eggs in one basket while men are dating left, right and center. And so we believe what men tend to tell us. And we think that there's an actual relationship forming when actually we're just one of 10 or 20 people that the guys are dating. Then we start doing the exact same thing that guys do. And they don't like it when we're being honest and saying, well, you're not the only person that we're dating as well. Now, for my first episode, I thought long and hard about who I wanted to reference first. And the first one that came up and came to mind was Backpack Guy. Now, Backpack Guy is from Newfoundland. And as a Newfie, Newfies have a completely different accent compared to the rest of Canada. And so I was naturally very curious about that because I was like, well, what does a Newfie actually sound like? And so we'd been texting back and forth for a couple weeks and the conversation seemed decent. His language was good. His spelling was good. Yes, that's that's a thing for me. I cannot stand grammatical errors. 
And that's, it might be a flaw on my part, but I just can't. And so he seemed good on paper, literally via text. And he asked me out and decided to actually drive from where he was living to downtown where I lived. So asked me where I wanted to go. I suggested my favorite lounge at the Fairmont and the Fairmont Hotel is my favorite because when I first moved to Canada, I was living in Saskatchewan, but I often traveled to Vancouver to visit friends. And when I was here visiting in Vancouver, I would stay at the Fairmont Hotel. So everybody at the hotel, meaning the staff from the valets outside to the concierge, to any staff member actually knew who I was. So that was my safe place. And to be honest, Dating in this day and age means you've got to have a safe place because you don't know if the person you're going to meet is going to be a serial killer. So that's always been my safe place. I also like the Fairmont because I get valet parking. So I get to drive right up to the front, hand my car keys to somebody, and then they help me out. I get to wear heels because I love wearing my heels and I love doing the girly girl thing and getting dressed up. So that's the other reason why I chose the Fairmont. And so I was getting ready, doing my hair, putting my makeup on, as most women do when we're going out on a date. We we put in the effort and I get a phone call literally about 45 minutes before I'm supposed to meet this guy. And immediately I think, oh my God, is he going to cancel on me 45 minutes before we're supposed to meet? Now, I mean, that's rude, first of all, if he is. It is also the Vancouver culture, superficial and flaky. And so I answered the phone and he was speaking to me and he wasn't canceling. Instead, he was telling me that he was a shopper's drug mart and he wanted to know if he needed to buy condoms. Pause, guys. He asked if he needed to buy condoms. Now, me being in total shock was like, what What the hell is happening here? What are we doing? And so I just said, no, that won't be necessary. And that was my tone. So my tone saying, yeah, you're not getting that far, buddy. So you don't even have to bother about that. We haven't even met yet. So good luck even thinking that you would even need condoms on a first date because we're never getting that far. That was what I thought when I was telling him, no, that wouldn't be necessary. Now, in hindsight... He probably thought, oh, yay, she doesn't need condoms. I don't have to buy them. It means we don't need them. No, that's not it. That was not me giving you permission for no condoms. I don't know you, weirdo. So no, there will always be condoms. Safe sex, always, people. Remember that there are way too many diseases out there that we do not want to catch. Syphilis is making a comeback, and we now have antibiotic-resistant gonorrhea, which means penicillin doesn't cure your gonorrhea. So thank you, but no thank you. I'm not interested in any of those diseases. You can keep your diseases to yourself. So that was red flag number one, which means I should have actually not even bothered. I should have just stayed at home, changed out of my nice clothes, ordered some takeout, and watched a movie with my dog. I didn't, though. I got into my car. I drove there got there waiting for this guy, wondering where he is. I'm sitting at the lounge. He finally phones. He's 10 minutes late. And maybe one of the issues is because I work in a hospital and I work in the operating room, 
we are very punctual and we have to be because it's life or death situations. And so punctuality is another one of my pet peeves. Please be punctual or tell me that you're coming late. I mean, things happen, traffic happens, but at least text me and let me know. So he gets there 10 minutes late. He's calling me. He doesn't know where I am. And he gets in there and there was the next shocker. He had told me because he had asked me how tall I was. And I don't know what it is about Canadians or North Americans. They're all obsessed with height. I mean, being a South African Indian girl, I'm used to being the tallest Indian person. And I've been used to dating shorter Indian men because not many Indian men are tall in South Africa. But that's never been an issue for me. So I didn't understand why everybody wanted to know what my height was here. And so I'm an average height in Canada. And he had told me that he was my height, basically. So I was like, oh, that's fine. That means I can wear heels and he won't get offended. I did ask him, are you going to get offended if I wear heels and I'm taller than you? I mean, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise people, She was way taller than him, but he didn't care. So I'm not one of those people who was bothered about it as long as the person that I'm going out with is not bothered about it either. So he gets there. He's not my height. He's actually probably just under five feet. And I'm wearing heels, which means I'm almost like six feet with my four inch heels. So the height was not the issue for me. The fact that he lied that he was that short was an issue for me. I don't like lies. And for me, a lie means if you're lying about something as simple as that, what else are you going to be lying to me about? So that was red flag number two, or number three, because we've missed the punctuality in the condom story. So we're sitting down and I order a glass of wine, which I nursed for the next hour. And he had four glasses of very tall beer in that hour and he spoke the entire time now when he had texted me in the past he had mentioned things about camping and fishing and I set my boundary fairly early so I had learned without realizing that there was such a thing as a boundary that I do have a boundary I don't like camping I don't like fishing so if that's what you're interested in you will never be taking me camping or fishing so maybe don't even ask me out because if that's all you have we're not gonna hit it off at all and so I had told him that in the beginning before we even met And he was fine. He changed the subject and we were talking about other stuff. He liked surfing. So I knew he liked the ocean and me growing up by the ocean. I thought, okay, we have something in common. When he did come to the lounge, all he did in that hour was talk about himself and talk about his camping, talking about his fishing, talking about the RV that he was actually building. He did not for one second even bother about the fact that I was actually there. He was looking at me, but I don't think he was really looking at me because his eyes were kind of glassy and glazed after the four beers that the short man was having. So I don't think he was really acknowledging any of this stuff by now. And he just kept talking about the fishing and the camping, never once asked my opinion, didn't want me to talk, wasn't really bothered about anything. Then he was talking about his work. He said he worked with iron work, whatever that is. And I'm sorry, I know as a physician, I'm really bad. If you don't do anything in the medical departments, I don't really know what you do. You can tell me what you do, but I have no idea what those jobs are. I don't understand 
those jobs. I'll ask you about it and you can tell me about it and I'll try to understand, but I usually have no clue. And that is a potential flaw of mine. If I was a little more interested in him, maybe I would have asked him more questions, but he wasn't interested in me because he wasn't bothered in even finding out what I was doing. And this was early on. So I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of men view women of color, especially white men in Canada, they view women of color as a trophy or just a bedpost notch to say that they've been there, done that. And also, they don't actually think that we have a brain. First of all, I have more than a brain. And second of all, you guys come from Canada where you actually think that graduating high school was your biggest achievement. That is not the case in Eastern cultures. That is not the case in a South African Indian community. So assuming that all I do is sit at home and look pretty while living downtown, which is very expensive, is rather stupid of you. I mean, that should have been red flag number 500 now, because, I mean, really, you cannot live in downtown Vancouver without being able to afford it. And I am by no means a prostitute who's actually living off men to actually pay for my place. So... He never bothered to ask what I was doing. I never bothered to volunteer it because, quite frankly, he was just drinking and drinking, getting drunker, talking about his one almost relationship where he met someone who was transgender and he didn't realize that she was transgender. And he only realized that when he got to the room and then he said he almost assaulted her. And so I took offense to that because I am an ally. I am totally an LGBTQ I-A-L-I. And I have worked with transgender patients in the OR. I've helped them with their their transformations and doing their anesthesia. So I am totally an ally. And I get highly offended when people are discriminating against something that they don't understand. And so he said that. And I was like, really, you're going to hit a woman? And he insisted, oh, no, she's not a woman. I was like, in her mind, she is. And that's what she feels she is. And so be it. She is a woman. And she is telling you now that she is a woman. But these were just weird conversations. And so he got up and went to the washroom and I was texting my friend. Oh, my God, this guy is delusional. He's ridiculous. And she told me, she's like, get the hell up and get out from there. And like I said, this was one of my first early dates. And so I now realize I didn't have any boundaries at all. And yes, it does come down to the fact that I had married a narcissist and was subjected to so much abuse that I didn't recognize that I no longer had boundaries. And it's taken years for me to grow and heal from that. And that is why these stories, which were once very hilarious, are now going to form learning points, hopefully, for others who are on their healing journey. So he went on and on about his camping, about his RV when he came back. And I looked at my watch. I was like, I'm giving you one hour. So 15 minutes after he'd come back from the washroom, I told him, you know what? I need to go. Thank you very much. This has been fun, but I've got to go because I'm starting work at seven tomorrow morning. And, you know, that under normal circumstances with someone who has more than one brain cell in their head would spark a conversation about, oh, what do you do that you actually have to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning? It didn't. So that was another red flag. And I once 
you ladies to actually understand when I say this, I'm not necessarily picking on him or myself. I'm just pointing out salient points. These were red flags and I should have gotten up and I should have left a long time ago. I I didn't do that. One, because I recognize now that I didn't actually have any boundaries at that moment in time. And that I was actually in the healing process and I hadn't quite recovered and on my way in my healing journey. And the other reason, because I did, whenever I told my friends the story, there were, some of my guy friends were like, why the hell didn't you wake up and just get out of there? He was a asshole. There's no way you needed to tolerate that. The other reason is men. And this is specifically for any man who is listening to this podcast. You guys do not deal with rejection very well. You get quite aggressive. You don't just get verbally abusive. You sometimes get quite physically abusive. And no woman wants to be subjected to that, quite honestly. And don't get me wrong, I'm quite capable of looking after myself. I know how to defend myself. But why should I need to? And so as a result, a lot of women do tend to actually stay the course of the date and then block you later because we never want to see you again and you've clearly not taken the hint. So I said my goodbyes. He did the alleged gentlemanly thing, was walk me to the door of the actual lounge and I'm then waiting for my car to come and he didn't wait for my car to come and he didn't wait outside with me. That would have been the gentlemanly thing, if you don't think that is. And you think that, oh, you know, I'm a feminist and equal rights. Yeah, but there's also chivalry. And chivalry does not mean equal rights or that you should leave me while I'm waiting for my car in the cold. It means do the chivalrous thing. And he went back because he wanted to have more to drink. So I'm like, okay, I dodged a bullet there. This is an alcoholic and I don't need an alcoholic in my life. Now, the funny thing was he did actually say when he said goodbye, oh, you know, I, I hope that I get to see you again. And I told him we shall see. Now, guys, that is code for no way. We do not want to see you again. This was not a great date, but we are being very cordial because we don't want you to actually try to physically abuse us or get verbally aggressive with us in public or in private at all. We just want to leave there safely and go back home and tell our girlfriends and our guy friends the hilarious story about the Newfoundlander who was basically so short. Now, you would think that the story would end there, but no, it goes a little further. And like I said, I was totally naive to all of this stuff. I really didn't understand how dating worked in North America. I hadn't dated in such a long time that probably even in South Africa, things have changed and people are probably dating this way as well. So I got home, got to sleep and woke up the next morning getting ready for work. I'm up at six in the morning, only to find a whole barrage of texts from him saying that he went to Gastown. He went to go play pool with some guys that he just met randomly. And then he saw a guy being nasty to the guy's girlfriend, and he decided to leave 
because he didn't want to start a fight. So I get when I'm looking at it from a man's perspective that he's trying to show that he has a protective nature and he would protect women. I do get that and I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I'm like, what's that got to do with me, dude? I'm asleep. It's three o'clock in the morning. And so I did. I texted him at six when I got up and was like, what's with the text in the morning at like such an odd hour? And his response was, oh, I was hoping that I would actually get to come over. Now, yes, you should be laughing by this time because I was when I was telling my friends this. Now, the reason why Backpack Guy gets his nickname is not just because he carried the backpack with him into a very posh hotel and lounge. It's that he packed clothes. And when he came in with the backpack, he told me that he packed a bag just in case. Now, as naive as I was then, I had no idea what that meant. I now realize he packed the backpack because he thought he was going to come stay over at my place and get lucky. I mean, like I said, that was never happening. And even when he said that to me at six o'clock in the morning saying, yeah, that's why I texted. I was, I was thinking I would still get in. I texted back quite nicely. Well, maybe not so nicely saying, yeah, that's never going to happen. Now, a woman saying that's never going to happen. She didn't even, I didn't even do a verbal cue. I physically wrote a text to you saying that's never going to happen, right? That means you don't have my consent, right? It is never going to happen. I am never going to change my mind. So from my perspective as a female, lesson learned when a guy phones me 45 minutes before I'm going out with him and asks me about condoms, I'm going to just cancel the date. This is my logic and my new resolution for 2023. You do something fucked up like that, like ask me about a condom and whether you should buy some at shoppers before you meet me on a first ever date, I will cancel on you and then I will block you and don't even bother to try and find me because I'm not interested, right? So that is what I will take home from this wonderful backpack story. For backpackers out there, when a woman says it's not necessary to buy the condoms, she's not inviting you to ride bareback. She's basically telling you it's not going to happen, dude. So read the room. And when she texts you that it's never going to happen, believe her. Don't try to text again and say, oh, I'm hoping we can have a second date. Because you guys don't understand. If we have blocked you off our phone, don't try finding us on another dating site. Because it means we were not interested in you. We're never going to give you your our number. So just give it up, dudes. Give it up. So hopefully you guys have had some entertaining moments in the story, but also some learning points for both men and women. And like I said, it is 2023. I am doing things differently this year. And the one take home method for this is cancel, cancel, cancel. It is not worth your time. If you have one red flag, Listen to your instincts. Women for centuries have been made to feel that their gut instinct is not really the truth. And we are really intuitive. Trust that intuition because it's usually right about everything in general. 
Unfortunately, with the patriarchy and with the white male privilege out there, they have beaten us down to such an extent that we never think that anything we think or anything that we say is actually correct. And that is, it cannot be further from the truth. So trust your intuition, trust that gut instinct. And if your gut instinct says, F off, I am not coming out with you tonight. You don't even have to tell them that. I mean, you didn't meet him. You've never spoken to him. There's no bond. You haven't started dating. You owe him nothing. You don't have to be nice to him. You don't have to. You can just ghost him. People ghost us all the time. They don't bother. They don't feel guilty. So ghost him and just block him and never deal with him again. But be careful because they get stalkery because they don't like rejection. When you block them off your phone, make sure you block him off the dating app that you actually met him on because he will come back there and find you even though you've had a hundred more DMs from other people and you've completely forgot about him. He will come back and he'll keep texting you and DMing you in that online app, dating app. So have fun with this. I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. I definitely enjoyed myself. This was a hilarious story and I can't wait for you to hear all my other little dating stories. Have fun. That is it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the stories, but I also hope that you learned something. Be safe out there guys and see you next week.